0: Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix,
1: and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix.
2: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp.
0: High fly ball to deep left field, forget about it, it's gone. A disastrous start for Clayton Kershaw. Moreno hit only seven during the regular season put a major charge into that one. On July 17th. a high drive to deep right field this ball is gone and I mean long gone. The minute it left the bat you knew there was no way the ballpark would hold that one. Pitch to Harper. Swing and a hot shot out toward left field. Does it have enough height? It is gone! Into the seating area of the chop house. Bryce Harper's solo home run has just given the Phils a 2-0 lead. Woo. Harper's 12th career postseason home run. He has 44 career regular season home runs against the Braves.
1: He can't be too good for that. Dean's too good for that. He's undefeated. And down the throw. Oh, intercepted. Picked off by Cam Taylor Britt. And Cam Taylor Britt takes it to the house. Dobbs's first interception
0: as a Cardinal is a pick six. Off the play fake.
1: Burrow flush to the right. Look at the back of the end zone. It's Chase out. again. His third touchdown catch of the day and he sets a new Cincinnati single game record with his
0: 14th catch giving the Bengals a 30 to 20 lead. Hankerson is the back. Four man rush for Arizona State blind side was
2: exposed. Sanders wants it all. Got his man. It's Antonio down near the 30 yard line and just like that Colorado with this striking distance.
0: On second and 7 for Looking middle and it's caught touchdown and that is Cowing Jacob Cowing is a star. And
2: it's That's it. McCaffrey to the goal line. 14 straight games with a touchdown. Basically
0: eliminate him as pass rushes as well. Third and two, Purdy got a block. <laughs> and
2: zone trick. Kittle's first three touchdown games Gabriel.
1: Plants touchdown, Nick
2: Anderson. Dial 602 260 1060. That's 602 260 1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM 1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM 1060. And welcome to the Monday, October 9th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just news and scores, the news and scores with analysis in today's Sports Zone, right here on KDU M ten sixty and K S Lux H D two one The Diamondbacks, do they win again tonight at Dodger Stadium? The Phillies, do they win again tonight at Atlanta? The Arizona Cardinals, who was most responsible for the Jar the uh, Jamar Chase Show, I should say. Meanwhile, the Sun Devils is Kenny Dillingham overmatch. The Wildcats should Noah Fafia be the starting quarterback when Jaden Delora is healthy. Uh, The 49ers, how good are they? And also, the University of Texas is it not back? And what else caught your eye since the football? Or or what else caught your eye over the football weekend? All right. Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday and moments where the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so around the NFL. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. 9.30. Interactive action. 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup. That will include time pending. uh, Some Cardinals, Sun Devils, and Wildcats for sure, and maybe even a little more. Final segment of the sports on the national roundup top by the football scoreboard from the weekend. Then after the sports zone, from 10 to noon, it's the extra point hosted by Cable. That'll include more analysis from the pro and college football weekend, local and national. Right now, on to the pipeline we go.
0: Time for today's pipeline where the host
1: reveals the hot topics for discussion.
2: And we begin with a KDUS full question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers again tonight. And Kayla is here and has the early returns. We are in a 50-50 split between yes and no. All right. Okay, the Diamondbacks consensus 8-5 to underdogs tonight. Even with a Zach Gallen facing rookie Bobby Miller, Lee Soz are the expected starting pitching matchups. Today's Twitter poll question, should the uh, Cardinals coaching staff be criticized for allowing Jamar Chase to catch 15 passes for 192 yards and three touchdowns? And Kayla, what's going on here? Yes, out in front at 58.3% of the vote, no trailing at 41.7%. Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. We, specifically me, have spent a lot of the first four weeks of the regular season praising Jonathan Gannon and his coaching staff. Sunday night, the Cardinals' defensive strategy was questioned on NBC, NFL Network, and ESPN, probably other places, but those are the only places I have enough time to pay attention to on Sunday night. And they were ripped in all three places, perhaps justifiably, for you to decide the out there. Hence the So keep voting. Meanwhile, sticking with the uh, baseball, or going back to the baseball postseason, uh, the Phillies uh, can take a commanding 2-0 lead with another win tonight at Atlanta in the NLCS. Do the Phillies win again tonight at Atlanta? And also what stood out the last two days during the American League Division Series. All right, back on the local front, ASU lost in the second half again. The 1-5 Sun Devils have been outscored in five of their six games after halftime. And they've been outscored a cumulative 93-39 after intermission this season. So, is it fair to ask if ASU first-year coach Kenny Dillingham is overmatched? Meanwhile, the U of A lost in triple overtime at USC. The 21-point underdog Wildcats were in position to win, largely because backup quarterback Noah Fafita Completed 25 of 35 passes for 303 yards and five touchdowns in the eventual 43-41 loss. Should uh, Noah Fafita remain as the U of A starting quarterback even after Jaden DeLore is healthy to return? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the 49ers dominated. They were superior in every aspect against the humbled Cowboys. About the only thing the Cowboys have done in the last few days, they did plenty of trash-talking before the game on Sunday night, which turned out to be a total mismatch. Meanwhile, maybe Texas, the University of, maybe it ain't back. The Longhorns turned the ball over in the red zone and committed penalties on both sides of the ball during much of Saturday's 34-30 uh, loss to archrival Oklahoma. NFL college football weekend, what caught your eye? Anything, what caught your eye? Meanwhile, that's the pipeline for today. That's uh, a lot of stuff in a brief period of time there, so we'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational program and certainly during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at kdusam1060 or twitter.com slash usam 1060 Basically, the only rules are accuracy and object, or, I'll get this right. I've only been reading this for like 15 years. Uh, But basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. Yes. Yeah, there you go. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by Around the NFL. Frank Bob from Yahoo Sports scheduled to join us. We'll obviously start with the 49ers' complete dismantling of the Cowboys last night. And we'll move on from that. <laughs> will the Cowboys be able to move on for that? Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Plus the local roundup, once again, that will include... Uh, at least some Cardinals, and then phone call dependent, and uh, we'll get to some other things from the football weekend specifically. We'll certainly get into a lot of the Diamondbacks at some strategical point over the next uh, you know two and a half, two hours and forty five minutes. I guess technically two hours and like forty three minutes at this point. Uh, so stay tuned for all that over the next three hours of uh, stupendous local broadcast, and You're listening to sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7.
0: Carving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2 and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. I'm not a big fan of the statement wins, but the 49ers certainly did that on Sunday night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go and to go around the NFL. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. And Frank. Certainly, the 49ers dominate the Cowboys in all three areas, offense, defense, special teams, and whatever other area you'd like to point out. Uh, what's impressed you the most about the 49ers' 5-0 and zero start to the season?
0: Uh, I mean, it just has to be Brock Purdy. Uh, I came in to the season with a lot of skepticism about him. You know, I mean, it had only been five regular season starts, and he was coming off the elbow surgery. and. You know he wasn't sure relevant for a reason. right? 261 times his paddler in the draft. So all summer I kept saying, <laughs> "Hey, you know, don't get too far ahead of ourselves with this guy. Don't anoint him already. Just get five starts." And then he's come out and looked even better this year. I mean, <laughs> people always want to discount him and say, "Oh, it's Shanahan's system and it's the guys he throws to and whatever." At some point, at some point, results matter, and he has been one of the top five quarterbacks in the football so far, eh? Regardless of how he gets there, whether it's coaching, whether it's the system, whether it's the teammates, he's there. He's playing out of mind. He threw four touchdowns last night against a defense we thought was one of the three to five best in the NFL. So, to me, it's, it's, he's taking them to another level. He has taken them to the level of they are in a different tier than every other team right now. They are the best team in football. It's inarguable. It's not close. Uh, the Eagles might get there by the end of the year or Chiefs or whoever, but Brock Purdy has his improvement this year has turned the, the 49ers into unquestionably the best team of football.
2: So, what specifically stands out the most or is maybe uh, you know surprised you the most about Purdy?
0: What was that? Uh, just that last part.
2: I'm sorry. What has maybe stood out the most or surprised you the most about Purdy?
0: It's just, I, I think it's just kind of calm in the pocket and just being able to read and react to everything. Like, he's not going to blow you away with his physical skills. He's not a big guy, he doesn't have his crazy arm, he's not running around like, like Anthony Richardson or anything. But, you know, being able to process, anticipate, deliver the ball, and do so with accuracy, these are skills too. Just like throwing the ball downfield from 80 yards is a skill. And he has those skills in abundance. I mean, he just, for a guy who, I mean, he still just has 10 regular season starts, so he's not a veteran or anything. But he just sees the field like, uh, like he's been in for 10 years. It's pretty uncanny. And, you know, a lot of it is coaching and, and, and telling him, hey, here's the read if this and that. But you still have to do it on the field. And he's, he's been remarkable at it. I, it's really impressive. I mean, he he basically is playing like a, a longtime veteran, even though he just started, you know, he took over the starting job late last season. So I, I think that's the, the most impressive thing about him is just, how just how well he understands the game and what Kyle Shanahan wants out of him.
2: Do the 49ers have a weakness at this point? No, I don't know what it would be. I mean, they're
0: you know they're susceptible to injuries like everybody else. If they you know they lose a couple offensive of linemen or lose Nick Bosa or whatever it shall be. I mean, I guess their quarterbacks and secondary isn't great, but does it matter? I mean, they get after the quarterback so well and their linebackers cover so much ground that. That kind of takes care of any deficiencies in the secondary. It was really, really impressive is when you think about what they traded away at Trey Lance and got nothing out of Trey Lance, literally nothing out of yeah. Trey Lance, and they still have the best roster of football. It's, imagine if they all had all those graphics back. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> they have more blue-chip guys than anybody else in the NFL, and it's really impressive. It's you're right. When you, yeah, you ask, like, you know, what's what's their weakness? Right now, there is none. And, again, Christian McCaffrey goes down. Okay, well, they become a different offense, man. Or Brock Purdy hurts his elbow again. Yeah, okay, that that makes a difference. But right now, I can't tell you there's a weakness of this team. They are, they're just fantastic.
2: It's just the fifth week of the season. Jerry Jones talked last week about facing the Niners being a test. So, where do the Cowboys go from here?
0: And I think it's just <clears> – <throat> Look, before the season, I I said a few times, like, the the Cowboys are just one of those teams that I think is the rare team that's really, really good and yet not a Super Bowl contender at all. There's a team that's going to win 11, 12 games, which is very good, probably not going to win their division, and I just don't see them ever winning a Super Bowl with this crew. And it's weird to say about a team that, oh yeah, they're going to win 12 games, but I don't see them ever being a Super Bowl contender, but that's kind of where I'm at with the Cowboys. Like, they're good enough to, to be a good regular season team and go to the second weekend of the NFL playoffs, And that's it. It's, I guess you can catch some breaks and get hot in January and win a couple of coin flip games or whatever it shall be. But I just don't – I just think we – it was reinforced last night that the Cowboys are the kind of just good enough team. Like what do you do, too? Like you're, Let's say they're doing 11, 12 games this year, which I think they will. They're a good football team. What do you do? You don't blow that up. You don't just start over. You just – I don't know. Wh- I don't know what the next step is for the Cowboys because they're just kind of stuck in this. It's not even mediocrity. It's they're good. They're a good team, but they're clearly not on the same level as the Forty ers They could they just played the Forty ers a hundred times last night, and not won one of those games. They, they were not even anywhere on the same field with them. So how does that get better? How does how do you go from yeah we're we're good enough to finish second in the NFC East with twelve wins and make the playoffs to? Maybe we could win 13, 14 games and, and actually win a Super Bowl. I, I just don't see that out of this group. Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I think last night was a, kind of a wake-up call for the Cowboys. Of you're not as good as you are. You're just not on that tier of the 49ers. Maybe nobody is, but it really stood out last night that they're just kind of a step below the really, truly elite team in the NFL.
2: The Eagles, uh, you mentioned the division. They haven't been spectacular, but they are the other 5 old team. What's your overall assessment of the Eagles through five weeks?
0: Yeah, kind of the same as everybody else. That that it's like, uh, okay, they're they're five and zero, but and they haven't played that well. They've Won a lot of close games. Also, though, I, at the same point, it is kind of nitpicking. You're five and zero. There's two five and zero teams in the NFL, and you're one of them. Like, you, you're perfectly fine. You just set the bar so high, ladder with how well you played, that we're sitting there saying, "Oh, the five and zero team is really struggling." <laughs> no, no, they're they're fine. I I think the Eagles are going to be. They might end up being the best team in football. I mean, they're not right now. It's like That's clearly the 49ers. But they have the roster, the talent, the coaching to get there, to be number one in the NFL. And, you know, for all the quote-unquote struggles they've had, they're doing it while they're winning games. The game. So you sit there, 5-0, you take that, and you feel like, hey, we're going to get better. No, we're going to get better in the secondary. We're going to be more efficient in the red zone. And we still have those five wins in our pockets. So I think Eagles are going to be just fine, even though it's not as dominant as people want it to be right now.
2: Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports, Curly in the sports zone. The four and one Lions—they win easily on Sunday without you know three offensive starters. Dan Campbell certainly gets the attention, and you know, justly so. But Brad Hop, Brad Holmes, excuse me—he's uh, done a great job assembling this talent. It's insane. You got Jack Campbell, Brian Brandt, Sam Laporta—all rookies that are contributing this year. Has there been a better job? In three years of overturning a roster, than he done in, in Detroit.
0: Yeah, I, I mean the only guy that comes to mind is Howie Roseman in, in Philadelphia because they they really built that thing back up really quickly. But the, what the Lions have done is is impressive. And you know you got to catch you got to catch some breaks in this game, right? And I think that nobody, not Brad Holmes, not not even Jared Goff, maybe thought that when he was just a throw-in <laughs> to kind of balance out the salaries that Jared Goff would still be their quarterback in 2023 and playing at a really high level. But no, the blinds had to have thought, fine, we'll take Goff. He'll be our bridge starter for a year. We're going to draft somebody next year, right? Like, I, they could be revisionist historians if they want, but I don't think there's any way that they thought Jared Goff is a real asset here and he can take us to where we need to be. I, I just, But he has been. He's fantastic. They have a really good offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. And yesterday, Goff throws you know, three touchdowns without Amon Ross St. Brown, without Jameer Gibbs, like you said. And it's it's just impressive how that's been kind of the centerpiece of what what they've done. And they've been able to make other high-impact picks without worrying about quarterback. They could draft Aiden Hutchinson without worrying about quarterback. They could you know draft Penny Sewell without worrying about who's their next quarterback going to be. Because Jared Goff has been perfectly good. Like, he's probably a top-ten quarterback in the NFL right now. And there's zero chance the Lions thought that when they traded for him. So... It's one of the, the maybe if you're looking at like the quote unquote win win trade throughout sports history, is there been a bigger win win trade than the Rams 40 or the Rams yeah. uh, Lions trade? I mean, Rams aren't regretting anything. They won a Super Bowl. Stafford's awesome. He's still playing really well. And if you look at what the Lions got out of that trade, it's remarkable. I mean, they have completely transformed their franchise from one trade. So I can't think of another trade where both teams benefit so much from it.
2: Very true. Uh, so, where's Detroit stack up against San Francisco, Philadelphia, and maybe even Dallas?
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I think they're clear number three right now. Maybe three A, three B with Dallas. I I don't think they're on the same level as as the Eagles and the 49ers. I I, I think the Lions would need home field to kind of make it, to to pull off the upset uh, of Francisco or Philly if they could, even at home. But I don't know how they're going to get that home field because. I just don't see the 49ers losing that many games. don't see the Eagles losing that many games. I, the Lions might not either, but do I see a scenario where the Lions are number one team in the NFC? Probably not. So, but look, I mean, they haven't won a division title since 1993. I, if, if they win a division, maybe win a playoff game and lose a close game to the Eagles or 49ers in the playoffs. Look, I, Detroit fans, I mean, it's not the ultimate ending you want. That's a pretty good season for the Detroit Lions, given what they've been through the last 30 years.
2: Meanwhile, the AFC, I'm I'm pretty baffled here, <laughs> Complete, almost completely baffled. Uh, let's start with the Chiefs. They don't seem to be as good. Do you agree with that assessment? And maybe this is partly, at least at the start of the season, a Super Bowl hangover to some extent?
0: A little bit, and I think it's, uh, there's a few things in play here. I just don't think that they have the offensive weapons they need, especially Kelsey being maybe good, not great right now. I mean, and the injuries have piled up on him a little bit, so it's not all his fault. But – you look at what Travis Kelsey is right now compared to where he's been through his career. He's not the same guy. Like, it's fine. He's 34 years old. Like, what, what do we expect? But then it, it puts a harsh spotlight on everybody else. Like, who's who's the receiver who's standing out? And the answer is nobody. The, the one thing I will say about the Chiefs, though, is the winning games, which is, you know, like we talked about the Eagles, obviously important when you're trying to figure these things out. And their defense has been pretty good. Like, their defense has been much better than expected. And – if they can keep the defense going with all these young guys in defense, I just trust that their offense is going to be good. Like it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Andy Reid. They're gonna, they're going to figure things out as they go along. So, I think the Chiefs are going to be just fine because of who they are and, and, and their quarterback. Really, but you're right. I, I think through this point in the season. I'm you look at the Chiefs and you say well, it's, it, it could matter, and I think they would even say that. So they're probably a little fortunate to be four and one, but again, it's it's a good place to be in the NFL when you're trying to figure things out. But yet you have got four and one in your pocket.
2: The Dolphins—they've got a 400-meter relay team for sure, but I just can't quite get past them being physically dominated at Buffalo. Uh, should I just kind of forget about that game?
0: No, not at all. I mean, I think that I think that game showed. That at, at, at that moment anyway, the Bills are taking on some injuries yesterday, but at that moment the Dolphins are a really good team that wasn't as good as the Buffalo Bills. And maybe that changes. I, I mean, things change over the course of the season. Miami's allowed to get better. Buffalo obviously got worse with losing Matt Milano. They're all pro linebacker. So, but I, I think that, I don't know that the Dolphins can win a Super Bowl this year. They could, I mean, look, they're, they're good enough that they're going to be in the playoffs and, and put a scare into any team because they can put up points so fast. But I think, you know, part of this, too, is who are the best game come against? The Broncos have one of the worst defenses. They would the worst defense in the NFL this year and one of the worst in many years. And then a Giants team would look like it's just quit. like Absolutely quit. But I'm not trying to take anything away from the Dolphins. They're doing this against professional teams, and it's impressive. 700 yards, 524 yards yesterday, whatever it shall be. But I really would need to see them do it against the Bills, the 49ers, the Cowboys—what these elite defenses? I'd like to see because I think what we saw in that Bills game is if you can get pressure on Tua, it it, it changes their offense. It it just mm-hmm. does, and it, it does for a lot of quarterbacks. So I need to see them do it against an elite team. But yet it is fun to I mean, Matt H. HM looks like he's just shot out of a cannon. Every time he touches the ball, you got to kind of stop and watch and see if he's going to break a seventy-yarder. And Tyreek's awesome and Waddle and all them. So really, really fun team and. Maybe they can get there. But, yeah, I I look at them almost kind of like I talk about the Cowboys. Really, really good. They're going to win 12, 13 games, maybe even win the AFC East. But do I see them winning a Super Bowl? Not right now. Not until – I mean, maybe Jalen Ramsey comes back and changes their defensive outlook and all that kind of stuff. But I need to see them kind of do it against an elite team, not just the Giants and the Broncos.
2: We're going around the NFL with Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. The Ravens, they really should be five and zero. They've given away two games. How do you assess the Ravens at this point?
0: I like them, and yeah, they've given away two games, and that stinks, and that's gonna hurt them. they They had a real chance to put the Bengals in a big hole and they haven't. like yeah, I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals are the team you look at, and you say, for the horrific start they had. They're one game out of first place. okay, so like whatever, like we're fine. And I think the Ravens are going to regret that, but they've dealt with a lot of injuries, and they keep winning games. John Harbaugh's a fantastic coach. I think Lamar had a Lamar had a rough day yesterday, he's a great quarterback. So I really like the Ravens. I think that the Ravens are probably the team that we're not talking about enough as a Super Bowl contender because I think once they get healthy, everything's in place for them to to be kind of that elite team and and maybe be the team in the AFC we're looking for to take control, but. Yeah, they boy, you can't give away games like that. You can't can't give away that Colts game a couple weeks ago. Can't give away that Steelers game. it's just it, it, they're gonna they're gonna regret that. They're gonna regret that when when the seeding comes out and you know, in, in late January they have to go to Arrowhead Stadium. They're gonna say I mean, we really needed to take care of business against the Steelers when we didn't.
2: One one thing on the downside here, the Panthers. Um is they're bad, obviously. Is it too bad to it's too excuse me, too early to seriously wonder whether they just made a really bad decision putting their franchise and building their franchise around Bryce Young?
0: You know, I, I don't think it's a Bryce Young thing. I think Bryce Young's gonna be just fine. <laughs> i I still trust him. I think he's a good player. But I think all these things can be that Bryce Young might be a good player, but yet the Carolina Panthers made a disastrous trade. I you look at what they gave up. If they just stayed put and just said, we're planting this year, we're going to figure out next year, next year, but we do. we're we not making this massive trade-up to get Bryce Young, they would have D.J. Moore, who we saw, saw go off on Thursday night. The pick they traded to the Bears became Jalen Carter, who is easily the defensive rookie of the year right now, and the, by some stats, the best defensive tackle in football ahead of Aaron Donald. And they would have the number one pick in next year's draft, which is going to be Caleb Williams. There's no, and two for second second-round picks, too, but let's just focus on, There's nobody on the planet who would give up D.J. Moore, Jalen Carter, and Caleb Williams for Bryce Young. There's nobody. Like, it's ridiculous. But that's what the Panthers gave up for Bryce Young, who might not even be the best quarterback in this draft. I mean, C.J. Stroud has been awesome. Anthony Richardson gets hurt all the time, but he's been awesome. Bryce Young has been okay. I like Bryce Young. I think he's going to be a good quarterback, and maybe that justifies the trade for the Panthers in the end. But, oh, man, when you look at what they gave up, the impatience is just – going to kill them. I mean, you could have waited one more year, had a much, much better quarterback prospect, had this unbelievable defensive tackle just wrecking shop with the Eagles right now, had the number one receiver you want, and you'd be really that many steps forward in your rebuild where now you're just kind of praying that Bryce Young becomes that guy you hope.
2: Thanks, Frank. Always good talking to you. Absolutely appreciate it. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, read all his stuff, including power rankings, etc., at uh, yahoo all right next segment phone call time if you want to jump aboard general discussion 602-260-1060 602-260-1060 we'll get into some local roundup in the next segment uh, starting with the cardinals little cardinals and bengals analysis from yesterday once again general discussion if you want to get in 602-260-1060 we'll round out the show the one hour sports zone today With some national roundup, we'll start with some football. Start with a little bit with the Niners and uh, Alabama. Not Alabama. The Niners and uh, Texas, which beat Alabama about a month ago. But they didn't win on Saturday against uh, Oklahoma. Boy, was I wrong about that game. Really wrong about that game. In fact, like five minutes into that game, I thought, boy, I'm really wrong about this game. At least it wasn't like 60 minutes of football agony and then you lose in the end. They lost in the end, but I knew like 5 minutes into the game I had the wrong side in that game.
0: Listener rewards for you with the KTUS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KTUS 1060 app. It's time for today's local roundup.
2: Back to the sports zone with Bob on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to get in, 602-260-1060 to the KDUS hotline. I'm going to do kind of a modified local roundup here. We'll get to at least one call here momentarily. If you hold, sit tight, we'll get to you momentarily. Meanwhile, uh, the Cardinals... Um they uh, have no margin for error something we've talked about you know for the last you know month or so since the regular season started on Sunday though coaching quarterback play and the defense all had many problems they were all poor in a 34 to 20 loss to the previously punchless Bengals um how could any defensive scheme allow the biggest offensive weapon on the other team the other team catch 15 passes on 19 targets for 192 yards and three touchdowns. I have no idea, but Jamar Chase did that. Cardinals, for some reason, decided that Marco Wilson, who's been bad the first four games of the season, was going to shadow Jamar Chase. Uh, He must have just been laughing from the start of the game when he realized that. And uh, he feasted, and Joe Burrow suddenly looked like his calf injury was not a problem. He was so spry, he even ran for a first down in that game. So that's pretty much quickly overview of the Cardinals. We'll get to much more during the extra point. Meanwhile, the Sun Devils, they have several good players, but they have been poorly coached thus far. First-year head coach Kenny Dillingham, quite frankly, and his staff badly overmatched after halftime. They're now 1-5. Their one win is against Southern Utah. uh, ASU's been outscored in five out of six games after halftime. And they've been outscored ninety three to thirty nine in the second half. And then you know Saturday was a good example of you know, what are they thinking uh, with the forty two yard pass completion after ASU had actually tied the game with less than a minutes to go. They gave up a forty two yard pass completion, I guess, against man defense. Why? At least one guy was playing man defense. Why are you playing, or why is one guy playing man defense at that point of the game? They got that basically got them another loss. Meanwhile, the Wildcats have had close games the last two weeks against Washington and USC, uh, losing in overtime, three overtimes to to uh, USC on Saturday night. However, head coach Jed Fish. Actually, I think he does a good job. Of, he brought brought in plenty of talent, and he has a quarterback now that should be the starting quarterback. Nolan Fafita uh, is a twenty-five. He was twenty-five for 35, 303 and five touchdowns, and he is uh, you're calm and keeps uh, you know, just seems level-headed. The offense doesn't seem to be chaotic as opposed to when Jaden Delore is out there. And if Delora is healthy this week, as expected, what's he do? He being fish at that point, does Delora automatically become the starting quarterback again? Personally, I think that would be a mistake. All right, out to the KDUS hotline, 602-260-1060. Matt in Phoenix, what's going on?
1: Oh, uh, how are you? How was the weekend?
2: Hanging. uh did okay. We I mean, escaped. <laughs> yeah. Good.
1: Um, so it's funny you started off the uh, – segment talking about the uh, malpractice of allowing Jamar Chase to continue to be open. Um, I want to talk about the unbelievable amount of coaching malpractice in college football uh, this weekend, which I think kind of um, you know summarized the weekend. Uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, Jed Fish. I had actually forgot about this. Um, i got to be honest. How do you not go for two at the end of the first
2: over time you mind-boggling to me Uh, i just don't understand it that's your chance to win the game you're 21 point underdogs your team has done an amazing job despite the usual weekly stupid ass penalties that they they suffer same stuff every week for three years uh it's amazing to me that they continue to have pre-snap penalties and some of the dumbest personal fouls in the history of the sport
1: and I don't think coaches realize uh, because of the change in possession in the second overtime, and you getting the ball first, you actually give Caleb Williams now four plays instead of three because USC is going to have to, yeah. you know, aggressively uh, go for points when they get the ball back. Um, I, I, it's a fifty-fifty proposition with a two-point conversion. It was, it was unbelievable. Speaking of unbelievable,
2: let, let me um, add one other thing. To that. And obviously, Fish didn't know the overtime rules. Yeah, he had no idea. He
1: it yep. was un. He had,
2: to be- he had to blow a timeout to you yes, know get the- to get the two point team out there because you can't kick an extra point. Yep. And he had no idea that that was the rule. How can that happen to I, a you know a, a, a head coach in, in any sport? I mean, it's I, he did not know. know the actual procedure of the overtime.
1: It's really unbelievable. And speaking of unbelievable, and how can you let it happen again? Uh, Mario Cristobal, I mean, just <laughs> uh, unbelievable. I had no uh, financial, um, you know, position on the game. I was actually hoping to bet Miami this week, um, so I was happy they kind of looked poor against Georgia Tech. But, he, you know, you would think after he did it a couple of years ago against Stanford at Oregon that he would have learned from that, and he didn't, which I think is the most remarkable thing. Um does he lose his team here? I don't know if you saw the uh, video of a Miami player sitting on the bench. He clearly said, "What the bleep are we doing?" Um, no. what, what I didn't watch the game done?
2: live. Yeah, okay. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even know anything that happened in that game until about eleven o'clock on Saturday night. Gotcha. When I was watching the the ACC Network Roundup show, so okay. I had no idea. I had no reason to watch any. I thought Georgia Tech was. Sure. Not good or whatever, yeah, but uh, the, actually, if you were ever going to bet on Miami, this might be your week to do so. Does <laughs> um, he lose his team? I mean, I don't know. We'll find out. Saturday. Oh, I mean, good. they're either going to go know. in there and play a great game, or he's lost his team. So, yep, I, I think that's a that. good thing moving forward, a few, uh, moving forward. After this week, but I wish I just kind of knew it before Saturday. Speaking, uh,
1: continuing on the coaching malpractice, even in that arizona game what is lincoln riley doing in the last drive in regulation
2: i don't know what usc is doing a lot during the entire game um yeah and it's just amazing to me that they well that that, clearly usc has not shown up for a couple games this year or two and a half games well actually the last three weeks they didn't show up when they played asu Correct. Yeah, you know, they showed up for a half when they were, you know, yep. incentive, you know, incentive to play at CU, but didn't show up for the second half, and you know, they were clearly not taking the U of A seriously. Not at all. So they just think that they're so good that it doesn't matter, but their defense yep. is so bad that it it's matters every week. Horrific.
1: Um, Jimbo Fisher kicking a field goal down nine from the two yard line. Yeah. Um These Sarkisians time management on the last uh texas possession regulation where he could have run the clock down significantly more than he did um the play calling at the goal line by texas when they were on uh the goal line stand by oklahoma i mean just everything Uh, it's unbelievable these coaches are running billion dollar organizations and have absolutely no clue
2: I gotta admit, I didn't really realize the play calling thing at the end of the regulation for Texas. Uh I thought the a lot of the problems that Texas had on Saturday were more player than coach, quite frankly. Fair. Fair. Uh, um so I didn't notice that at the time, so it'd be completely wrong for me to I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I just didn't, you know, think about that, you know, simultaneously plus uh, there were too many damn games going on at 9 o'clock on ton. Saturday morning that I cared about, so yep. I might have, I might have not have been paying as close. I thought I was paying pretty close attention to that end of that game, though, but that I didn't think of. But, uh, like, I think you, you – know, I'm sure you bring up a really good point there. Uh, but, uh, you know, the thing I was probably most critical of in the last couple minutes is what were they doing on defense after, you know, you got the ball back? I don't know. I mean, it was almost kind of like the Cardinals. Well, the Cardinals and ASU, their defenses over the weekend. I just didn't understand what is the plan here, and I didn't understand what the Texas plan was in the last two minutes, or quickly last on, minute actually.
1: Quickly on baseball, Clayton Kershaw. Um, that was tough to watch. Um, it was
2: well when his first fastball was like eighty-seven yeah. miles per hour. Yep. Yep. I just you kind of went, "Whoa, yeah. He, yeah. This man is in, This man is injured." Um,
1: Bruce Bocci has continued to be terrific in the postseason. Um, yeah. Carlos was, Correa, you were totally,
2: you were, you were totally right about that series. And I'm compl- I was completely wrong about that series, even though that first game Baltimore, I think should have won.
1: I agree with that. I do agree with that. Um, Carlos Correa. I mean, I can't say enough good things about the guy. He's he, he's yeah, as clutch that, as it gets. And, and I'm um, the play he made defensively, um, by deking the, the runner, I mean,
2: just, yeah,
1: he's so intelligent. Best player,
2: one week into the playoffs, he's been the best player so far.
1: Without question, last thing I want to mention, and I haven't been a, a fan of this guy until he got to Philadelphia. If we've ever seen a guy that had the expectations yeah. that Bryce Harper did, actually, when he came in and he was on the cover of, I think it was Sports Illustrated at like 15 yeah. years old, uh, he's exceeded that. I mean, he is... He's yeah. terrific. He plays his tail
2: off and, and I've got nothing but respect for him. I agree. The only guy I could think of, I wasn't even alive, but that's so it's a long time ago, I guess Mickey Mantle. Okay. <laughs> so as far <laughs> as the hype goes. Yep. Uh, so yeah. It's a it's he's he's amazing. And uh you know, I think everybody probably disliked him at some point for a variety yep. of reasons, but Absolutely. you shouldn't dislike him anymore. You should just admire him at this point. Completely good stuff, agree. Matt, good as always. Out. All right, thanks much. All right, next segment, uh, it's going to be a quick national roundup because Matt had a lot of good stuff there, and so did I. So, you know, that's, I'm not going to sacrifice good stuff for a shorter national roundup. So, we'll get to as much as possible in that segment, next segment. And uh, what we don't get to, I'm sure we'll cover the majority of during the extra point. Hosted by Kayla, which is from 10 to noon. So, stay tuned for all of that. And I'm sure it's going to be a rapid fire final segment of today's Sports Zone right here on KDUSAM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. And those picks are
1: gold. Wall to wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here in KDUS AM 1060 and KTUS1060.com.
2: It's time for today's national roundup. And hey, welcome back. Final segment today's sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castelux HD 2 100.7. Some rapid fire stuff here. Obviously, the 49ers dominated the Cowboys last night. 42 to 10 it was 14 nothing before you could basically get a comfortable seat wherever you're sitting um, you know, another Brock Purdy performance he's now 10 and zero as a starter in the NFL regular season and uh, for you know, games he's played from start to finish basically also some baseball playoff things here yeah you know, the Braves uh, offense that was the biggest surprise to me on Saturday they got shut out at home. Uh, for the first time this season and only for the third time the entire season uh, by basically, you know, Framber Valdez, who just kind of lobs it up there and got through the first three you know, plus innings and then six other relievers who pretty much threw pretty hard. Uh, but the fact that the Braves did not score, uh, first time shutout at home, the third time this season, if you count the regular season, obviously. And as far as the Rangers go, Big surprise to me. I was totally wrong about uh, this series. You know, much like maybe just uh, I was wrong about Texas, except for the Cowboys. I was obviously in the Niners last week. But I was wrong about the University of Texas. I was wrong about the Texas Rangers. And uh, they've, you know, destroyed the Orioles in Tampa Bay through the uh, first four games of the postseason, outscoring them 25-11 to 11 in those games. Uh, Matt mentioned Bruce Bochy in the last segment. Uh, he's within one win of his first ALCS as a manager. Of course, as the uh, National League uh, manager of the Giants, yeah, he won three World Series and uh, you know, with the with San Francisco, as I mentioned, and uh, he's really good. And actually, their team offensively, which was good for most of the season and then kind of tapered off, has been really good for the entire playoffs for the most part, except for Saturday, and that's a game at the Orioles. I'm sure they're going to be, when they get eliminated in this series, the Orioles are going to be looking back at that and kicking themselves for not winning that game. Uh, Saturday, they would have given them a 1-0 lead in the division series. Whether that mattered or not, because they probably were going to lose yesterday because Grayson Rodriguez, not ready to pitch in a playoff game at this early stage of his career. But anyway, the Orioles should have won that game on Saturday, in my opinion, but they kind of spit that game away. And pretty much eliminated themselves from winning the series at that point. All right, next two hours will be the extra point hosted by Kayla, including a lot more from the NFL and college football weekend. We'll get into some Diamondbacks, which I've rarely done in this segment, but that's the poll questions, so we'll definitely one of the poll questions, so we'll definitely get to that. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.